Our nation needs God. Our nation has forgot itself in many areas and needs to be reminded of some things. And I believe wholeheartedly our calling as Christians is to be the salt, to be the light, to be the leaven in the lump, to be the conscience of our communities, to be the conscience of our nation, to always be pointing people toward the cross of Jesus Christ and the true liberty and freedom that is found there. So let's read the scripture this morning. Leviticus 25, verse 9 says, Then you shall cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound. On the tenth day of the seventh month, on the day of atonement, you shall make the trumpet to sound throughout all your land. And you shall consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you, and each of you shall return to his possession, and each of you shall return to his family. You shall cause the trumpet to sound. May God add his blessings to the reading of his word. Father, I thank you this morning for this gift of your word. Truly, we can say today that your truth has set us free. That your word is our liberty. It is our justice. And when that word became flesh in the person of your son, Jesus Christ, we truly could see what real freedom looked like. And I pray today, oh God, that we would, you would give us eyes to see. And you would give us ears to hear. Let your word go forth with power and anointing. Help the one who speaks today. You know his weakness and his limitation today, God. Help those who hear and receive by faith. Let the word take root. Let it bear fruit. We ask these things in Jesus' name and all agree and say, Amen. Amen. Proclaim Liberty throughout the land. I was uh, going over some of my, and I, I, I'm not one, I know this is going to sound weird, um, I'm not one of these uh, patriotic, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, these, these patriotic fanatics. I don't dress my house up in, in red, white, and blue. Now, the wife... <laughs> The wife, you, you just she, she goes for it. I mean, she goes for it. She, she puts every window, every, uh, every door, every aspect of the house has got to have the season. But uh, with her traveling this weekend, um, you know, my house is uncharacteristically a little, a little bit uh, uh, blander than it normally is. But I was just kind of fooling around yesterday trying to find some. Uh, I, I like to watch some of the old patriotic shows, the patriotic, you know, movies that this time of year, I try to find, there's a good one about John Adams I like to watch, and there's a couple on Abraham Lincoln, there's one recently on Teddy Roosevelt, I was trying to find that one yesterday to see if I could catch up on that, and, and as I was going through the, um, you'll have to, you'll have to bear with me today, <laughs> I'm uh, still dealing with a cold, but um it's tough, I tell you. It's, it's hard out here. Uh, I was going through some of the, 
the programs and trying to find out the one I was looking for. And I, I couldn't find one, but I, so I said, well, let me just put it on the channel that plays the music. You know, the, I don't know if your TV has that channel that just plays music. You can pick sounds of the seasons or whatever it's called. And it started playing all that John Phillips Souza, you know, I was, I was feeling it. I was feeling it. And then it came up on the screen that, that Pledge of Allegiance. Now, I haven't probably said the Pledge of Allegiance since when I was in school, we used to say it. Uh, they stopped doing that, I think. But uh, I, I read that point. That, that one sentence kind of stuck with me. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And I thought, even though that's not a scripture quotation, that's about, I, 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 think, I think it's solid evidence of the hand of God and the inspiration of God in laying out the foundation and the ideals of our nation. Though we fall short, as a people, as a nation, we fall short, we have at least encoded into the idealistic DNA of our country that we are in the pursuit of liberty and justice for all people. Now, do we have a lot of ground to go on that? We do. But there's precious few nations in the history of this planet that have put that in writing to say this is one of the goals. This is one of the, the ideals that we're shooting for, not just to be a prosperous nation, not just to be militarily mighty, not just to be a, a, a global uh, uh, influence, although we are all those things, but to be a nation that at its heart, at its core, encapsulates these values. And you will find these values in the Word of God, liberty, and justice are at the heart of our gospel. We see in our gospel, in this gospel of Jesus Christ, this commitment to setting people free, free from sin, free from the oppression of the enemy, free from the bondage of, 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 of the societal corruption that is so prevalent and prominent not just in our nation, but in, in all nations. And we could pick at America's problems. We are hardly alone among the nations of the world in, in dealing with the injustices and the, the oppressions that are, are systemic to all human communities, particularly those that reject or deny the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, I've come today and not to, not to pick at the problems, but to give God thanks that he has provided a nation like this. And although some of you were not born here, you, you made the choice to come because you saw that opportunity. You saw that there was, there was at least the opportunity, the chance here to pursue liberty and justice for yourself, for your family, for, for your posterity. Right? We, we who are parents, we are, uh, are always thinking about the legacy. Uh, I, I think about some of the decisions my parents and grandparents made so that I could 
be here and have the opportunities and, and have the freedoms that I have and, and have, and, and, and though I don't always take advantage, and that's the heartbreak of parenthood sometimes is you sacrifice so your children can and then they don't. And so you, you wonder why you sacrificed, but still the fact that they had the opportunity where as we look around our world today, let's pray for our world because there are so many nations where there is no opportunity. Where if you're not born to the right family or the right tribe or the right clan or, or you don't have the, the, the right look about you, you have no chance of, of progression, no chance of, 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 of moving forward in life. And, and one thing we can say about America is that it will at least give people the opportunity. Now, sometimes the deck is a little bit stacked and we have to do better to make that an opportunity that's truly equal for everybody. But still, that we have that commitment to try to reach that place of liberty and that place of justice. And I believe if America will experience revival, it will enhance that liberty and that justice for all people. Because I don't think it's possible to have true liberty or justice without God. I say that, and, and, and so to me it's very critical that that one nation under God statement in that in that pledge remains there because this idea that we can achieve a truly just society and a truly free society by excluding the gospel of Jesus Christ by excluding God's word and God's truth is a fantasy it's a fallacy it will it will lead us into such corruption and bondage as we have, uh, even though we've experienced some of that, as we, we would never have experienced. And so when I come to this passage, and it's the first mention of the word liberty in the Scripture, and I always, I, I like the law of first mention. If you're in my Bible studies, you know I talk about that a lot, that, that God, God's word is progressive revelation. And it's, but you can always find the, the, the seed of what a word or a thought or a principle or a doctrine is going to become in Scripture. When you go back to the first place in the Bible where it is mentioned, God knows all things and he plans all things ahead of time. And so this word liberty here and its association specifically with three things. And I'm going to give you those three things and then we're going to, we're going to have a time of intercession for our nation and and that time of, of, of standing in the gap for our communities. But I want to give you these three principles that are associated with liberty and justice from this passage. The first you find is its connection to atonement. There could be no liberty until we deal with the debt of sin and the debt of, uh, and the, the bondage that comes from that debt. One of the problems we have is we try to run before we can walk. We want to experience all the benefits. I, I know, and this is a, a strange comparison if you're not engaged in this, uh, but I've been over the past uh, year, year and a half or so, we have had just terrible, terrible, terrible uh, uh, fortune in trying to staff our stations. It's just become impossible 
to get people to, to show up to work. It's become impossible to, to get people to stay with a job more than three months or six weeks or whatever. And, and one of the reasons for that is this expectation that people have when they come to work that they're going to start at the very top. You know, there's, there's, there's no concept of working your way up anymore. They, they come in and they want to say, well, you know, I'm whatever. I want to start with the, the best vehicle and the best pay and the best vacation uh, plan and, uh, and, and the best title. And if you can't give that to me, I'll just go somewhere. And, and it's just amazing to me as one who literally started with sweeping out the vehicles. That was my first job in the business. I working working graveyard shift, eleven at night to seven thirty in the morning. My job would be to unload the trailers, and then to go into the trailers with a broom. And this is before mask and all of that. I just went in there and would sweep out the trailer. And I can imagine today asking some of these to start that way, and just seeing the expectations. They're just seeing the look in their face of, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> no, 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 I, I'm not doing that. And, and so uh, this idea that we can just skip over the hard work, skip over the time to, to build your knowledge and to build your experience and to, to fill in uh, the, the, the holes in your, in your resume is, is a modern plague on those who continue to try to, to do business and yet spiritually, we have almost the same expectation. We expect to, be, to walk in freedom without ever dealing with the debts that we owe. The debt of sin, the debt of pain, the debt of suffering, the debt of, the, the, the debt of rebellion that we have had against God. And, and that's why this proclamation of liberty was to be accompanied with or to be part of the day of atonement, until we deal with our sin. I, I, I got into an argument with somebody, and I try really hard not to do this, but they were going on about this Roe v. Wade stuff, and I'm still sorting through all of it in my own mind, and I'm, I'm still asking God to lead me and direct me, but they were really just hammering on one particular issue, and, and, and I, had to, I, I, just, I had to respond. And I said, look, I, I, I think what you're asking for here is not the freedom to choose, but rather the freedom from the consequences of your choices. And that's, that's one of the things we want to do is we want to be able to do what we want to do, but not face the consequences of what we want to do. We want to be able to, in this particular case, be uh, sexually uh, promiscuous, but not have to deal with the consequences of what that could lead to. And, and then, boy, they got so mad at me. They were like, well, who are you to say? And I just said, listen, I, I really didn't even come. I, I didn't even, this wasn't part of the reason why we had a conversation. You just threw this in. But I said, listen, we, we, have to, we have to deal with the consequences of what we choose to do. If we choose to do certain things, we've got we, we, we to deal with that. And the atonement is all about dealing with the consequences. In particular, the consequence of our sin and God's answer to our sin. If we are to be a free people, if we are to be a liberated people, if we are to be a people that 
have liberty, and I, I'll say it this way, there is no liberty without justice. There must be justice for there to be liberty. And the justice of Almighty God is the soul that sins should surely die. But God in mercy and God in love provided an atonement through His Son Jesus Christ so that if we will bring our sin to Him, if we will bring our brokenness and our pain and our suffering, if we will bring all of those things which have, have put us into the position of bondage, and we'll give that to Christ repentantly, in faith, in confession. He will set us free. He will set us free. So the first principle of liberty is the release from debt. There must be a release from debt. And, and we all know what the debt of financial bondage is. Yes, I think most of us are familiar with the idea. Right? Uh, I was doing okay. Then my kids went to college. And about the same time my kids were going to college, the economy went upside down. So through that combination of events and other events, the church burned down about that same time. I tell you, I had, I had about a two-year period where I was really asking God, what are you doing to me? But kept faith. Kept faith. And everything went crazy. But by God's mercy and by God's grace, we, we've been able to survive. And, 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 and I was talking, my, wife, my wife and I were talking about the other day, we're three years, three more years. If, if we can hang in there, and, and the debt will be gone. Amen. The debt will be gone. And, oh, I tell you what, you talk about, I might take a round-the-world cruise. I don't know. I, might, I don't know what I'm going to do. But there's working two jobs and this is taking every, all the stuff we've had to do to deal with the problem. We all understand what that bondage is like when you get yourself into that position where not only do you owe, but you owe what you can't even pay. Right? You ever been there? I've been there. I've had to take that call and have the person on the other end very condescendingly. Say to me, uh, Mr. Aldridge, uh, your payment is late. And I said, yeah, I know it's late. <laughs> well, uh, could you make a payment today? Well, no, if I could have made a payment today, it wouldn't have been late. <laughs> it had been there. You know, had those conversations. And that's one of the, boy, you talk about humbling you. You talk about making you feel like you are just at the, at the bottom of, of, of a hole that you can never get out of. But I can tell you that God is faithful. And this proclamation of liberty to those who will put their debts at the foot of the cross and go to God and say, in faith and in confession, I repent of the things that got me here. And that freedom that comes from the release. Some of you have experienced that. You've experienced that freedom of being able to burn your mortgage paper, right? Isn't that a day? And uh, I remember when we had that loan here at the church, and uh, we had, you know, we had to pay, uh, we had to pay that loan off. And that day, it kind of came when we paid that church loan off, and boy, whew, walked around the church that day feeling a hundred pounds lighter. 
You know, you just feel like you got a new lease on life. Well, if it's that if it's that way in the natural, can you imagine? Can you imagine what it feels like to know that your sins are forgiven? Amen. That your debt to your Creator is paid in full. That is true liberty. To know that you can walk before God in fellowship, justified by faith, atoned for by the blood of Jesus Christ. So it is the release of debt. Liberty also here is associated with the restoration of property. The restoration of what's been lost. It says in verse 10, you shall proclaim the jubilee and each of you shall return to his possessions. Now again, we understand that in the natural sense, but we're looking at it today in our spiritual walk with Christ. Debt does not simply uh, exist in a vacuum, but it takes collateral. It takes things hostage. Your home is not your home. It's the bank's home. You're renting it from the bank until the day comes when you have paid the last dime. Your car is not your car. It's the bank's car or the finance company's car. And it's not your car until that last dollar and dime gets paid. But when it gets paid, that property is now yours. And whatever benefit or blessing or prosperity can come from that property, it is now yours to enjoy. Somebody praise God for the restoration. When we fall into the debt of sin, we lose. We give collateral to the enemy. Come on. I was going part of that process we got into. Uh, we were able to finally, after seven years, took seven years to get my credit rating back. That's tough. That's tough. When you don't have a credit rating that's worth anything, you feel like a second-class citizen. But finally, amen, I... Listen, your pastor's been through it. Don't bother. I don't stand up here and look down on anybody. Wherever you've been, I've been there. Right? I've been there. I've, I've dealt it. I've, I, I, you know, I've got the T-shirt. I got the mug. I got the whole the whole thing. I got the banner. I've been there. But finally, I could call up a bank instead of getting an eight percent or nine percent or twelve percent, thirteen percent. I said, "Oh, you qualify for that two and three quarter percent. I'll take that one, please." I'll take that one, please. And finally, that credit rating got to the point where I could refinance and, and uh, wipe out a whole ton at once and get, get it down to a manageable number. And I tell you what, that idea, that freedom that you feel when what you've given over as collateral, because up until that moment, there was every possibility. Now, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm speaking honestly with you this morning. I've had COVID twice. My company was very gracious and merciful. They kept paying me. Because there were periods of time in my life I was one paycheck away. I was one paycheck away from the bank being able to come and say, you can't live here anymore. You know, that's a tough spot to be in. If you, if you know what that feels like, if you know what it feels like to be at the, at, at, at the, the very verge, the very edge 
you know, while still trying to take care of your children and your wife and meet your other obligations. And I tell you, I did two things through the whole thing. I did two things. I tithed regardlessly. I knew the only, only chance I had was God, so I just kept giving. I kept giving. Something else didn't get paid. It didn't get paid. I kept giving because God was the only one who could help me. So I had to stay. I had to stay. I had to, stay, I had to keep my conscience clear with God. But the other thing is, and you know, my wife and I, we started enjoying the beauty and wonders of a lot of nice little candlelight dinners at home with bread and butter and a few uh, canned goods, and it's all right. We made it. We got through it. We learned to we learned how to sacrifice. We learned how to get by. Yes. Amen. But to live knowing that my property can't be just taken away. That the things that I gave as collateral that were at risk have now been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that they are back in my column. Amen. Can I tell you what? Be very careful about giving up collateral. I'm speaking in the spiritual here for a moment. Be careful in the natural too. But spiritually, don't give up your peace. Don't give up your integrity. Don't give up your righteousness. Don't give the enemy collateral in your life. Or if, or when you do, you go to God and you say, you promised me liberty. And part of that liberty is the restoration of what is mine to me. And God was faithful to me. Restoration, release, restoration. And then the last line there in chapter, or in verse 10 is reconciliation. And each one of you shall return to his own family. Release, restoration, and reconciliation. One thing I've learned about liberty and justice if you put these principles into work, in, at work into your own life, you will find yourself very, very often in choosing to do right and choosing to do what is just and choosing to do what is holy before God. You will find yourself risking relationships. You will find yourself putting other people off or provoking the condemnation, or provoking a negative reaction in other people. But God promises something in this verse. He promises us that He will reconcile and reunify us with our families. As a parent, there is no greater burden that I carry than the one I carry for my children. This is above all things. It's even greater than the one that I carry for this church, and that's a great burden as well. But while this church has many people looking out for it, my children have just me. And so I carry that burden. And I ask God if I will, if I can't feel free, I can't feel at liberty if I'm always worried about where my children are or what they're doing, if I'm always under that burden, under that care, under that weariness, under that depression of 
always trying to stand for my children and pray and seek God for their deliverance, their protection. And so I've really come to depend on this promise. Having given my children to God, having, you know, I, I carry a burden for my father. I was very blessed. Virtually my entire life, my entire adult life, he was here. I could look to the pew, and there he would be. And I knew he, I, I was able to care as he got older, as he got his disability. He was always right there. We could take care of him. Then he decided to move away. I don't know what insanity provoked that, but I carry a burden for that now. I worry about my father. I worry about my sisters and my nieces and my nephews. I worry about cousins, aunts and uncles. Many of my, many, many of my father's generation, you know, they're all at that age or beyond that age. And so I, I, I carry that burden. But one thing I've learned that God will give me a freedom is the confidence that he is looking out for them. So, it's so liberating. It's so freeing to know that if I serve God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, he looks out for what is mine. And he looks out for those let me tell you something. I, I say this. I don't. Somebody was asking me the other day about that. And it comes up so often about that generational curse thing, and I don't know who started that business. I wish they'd never started it. But I said I don't know. I said I can't tell you anything, anything in the Bible about generational curses. But what I can tell you, talk to you about, is generational blessings. I can tell you that a lot of what I've enjoyed in life hasn't come by my hand but it's come out of the faithfulness of my mother, my father, my grandmothers, my, my, the, the people that came before me. They laid a foundation of righteousness and justice and liberty and freedom in Christ that I've inherited. I won't inherit a great deal of wealth. I'm not blessed that way. But what I am inheriting, I would not trade for all the wealth. Because I know that I have enjoyed things in my life, not because of my own righteousness, but because of those who laid down the foundation for me. This liberty that comes to our families because of our walk with God, this blessing that comes upon our children, and I believe today we can extend that to our communities. I believe, the, I believe God is finding people, looking for and finding people all over this nation. One of the songs that came on that TV yesterday was that one of my favorites, God Bless America. Right? I love that song. The, the woman who sings that song, I don't even understand how a voice can do those things. My voice has never been one of she I mean you talk about just killing it. Just 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 hitting the note. She lets that God bless America. It just you know, you just you want to grab a flag and a sparkler and a hat and run up and down the street and you just you just want to go. You just want to go. She really does it. And I, I I believe I believe with all my heart God does want to bless this nation. I do.
I think God has sent some things into this nation. This nation has provoked some things. I believe God is dealing with, in particular, His church in America in a very uh, chastening way. I believe He's chastening us. I believe the point of all chastening is so that the blessings can flow again. The blessings can flow. And I think God wants to bless this nation. I think he wants to bless it spiritually. I think he wants to bless it socially. I think he wants to bless it every way. I think he wants to use... I've always believed, and I've held on to this belief throughout all of these things. I believe God raised up the United States of America. And we can talk about all of the things and all of the the different things and colonies and, and all of this, but I think God chose this nation for a specific purpose. And I think that purpose still exists, to be a light among the nations of the world, to be a place where liberty and justice can shine out to all people. I know it's a little bit of a patriotic myth, but still, I think it serves a good purpose. But the idea that there's a nation that is committed not, or that is empowered not by tribal or clan or, or particular political affiliation, but rather by the ideal that every single human being has a right to life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And that people who come, regardless of where they come from, come the north, the south, the east, the west, regardless of what language they speak, regardless of what their own cultural heritage or racial heritage may be, regardless of whatever the ism was, whether it was communism or socialism or something else, that they can leave the place where they were born and come here and be accepted and have opportunity under this umbrella of liberty and justice, I think it's a powerful thing. I think it's a powerful thing. I think America can still give hope to the other nations of the world. But only if it remains under God. Only if we maintain our integrity before God. And it's what this passage is all about. Proclaim liberty throughout the land. Sound forth the trumpet. Let the people know there is a place to come where their sins can be forgiven, where they can be restored and reconciled so that they can become the blessing of the nations. And I think that's what the church is here to do. We are to be the blessing to the nation where we are. And since we're here in America, we're to be a blessing to this nation. Through our prayers, through our good deeds, our acts of charity, through our testimony, through our examples, through our moral lives, but most powerfully, through our proclaiming the liberty of Jesus Christ our Lord. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to go into a time of intercession on behalf of our nation.
We're going to start by giving thanks. And then after we have given thanks, we're going to pray for this nation and ask God to send revival and to send healing to the many, many divisions and the many, many problems America has today. But let's begin with giving thanks. Father, we give thanks today. Thank you for the United States of America. Thank you for this republic, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Thank you for those who, whatever their personal politics were, you used them to draft a constitution, a bill of rights, and a declaration of independence that offered hope to everyone that they too could share in the ideals of liberty and justice. Thank you for those who paid the price on the battlefields to obtain this liberty, to preserve this liberty. Thank you for those who gave their lives, oh God, to make sure that this liberty was applied to all, even those who were enslaved, God, who did not taste of that liberty when they should have. Nevertheless, you raised up a generation that went to war not only to preserve the Union, but to, but to live up to the principle of freedom for all men. Thank you for those, God, who came a century later, who went overseas, oh God, not content but simply deliver, de- de- defending liberty own land. We recognize the threat of what was happening in the world and we gave our blood and they gave their lives so that America could remain free. Thank you for those who served to protect those freedoms, preserve those freedoms, and proclaim those freedoms. Thank you for those, God, today that you brought to these shores You've brought them from the east and from the west. You've brought them from the north and from the south. And their diversity has enriched our nation. They have brought color. They have brought music. They have brought sound. They have have brought experience. They have brought lives that matter. They give our country a tapestry of many colors, many perspectives all living under the banner of freedom and liberty and justice. Thank you for those, oh God, that you've sent specifically to preach the gospel to this nation. Thank you for the revivals, the great awakenings, the Pentecostal outpourings, the crusades. Time and time again, you've revived the heart and conscience of this nation. You've used this gospel to break down the walls of separation, to unite color and creed alike under the glorious banner of the cross of Jesus Christ. And Father, for such a revival, we pray again today. We know because you've done it before, because you have sent awakening after awakening, we know you can do it again. 
We know that if your people will pray and humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, if they will call on your name, proclaim your name, honor your name, worship your name, that you will once again make your name great in this nation. We pray, O oh God, for that revival to come to the very roots of your church and your people, O oh God. From the pulpit to the pew, revive us again, O oh God. As we come into intercession for this nation, you see the bitter divisions, the jealousies, the hatreds, the prejudices. You see the injustice. <coughs> you see the bondage. You see the debt. You see the slavery to sin. You see the power of the evil one. The prince of the power of the air. You see the spiritual host of wickedness in the high places. You see those ideas and wisdoms that have been exalted that are contrary to the Word of God. We intercede today. We ask for forgiveness. We ask for mercy. We ask today, O oh God, for grace. We ask for power to live up to the people that you've called us to be. We've asked for power, for boldness, to proclaim the liberty of the gospel to those who are in darkness today. We intercede for our leaders locally, in our states, in our nation. Lord, they have a great burden. You have given them a great responsibility. I pray, O oh God, that they would have the heart of Solomon, that their prayer would be for the wisdom to lead this people, to do what is right. Pray that you would rebuke the avarice and the greed and the lust for power that drives so many, O oh God, and that you would exalt the humble servants, the ones who've come to serve. Oh God, we pray for our leaders today. Give them supernatural wisdom. Give them eyes to see what the real need and the real opportunity is to do your work. We pray that we would be one nation. Under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Help us, O oh God. Help America today. Help the church in America today. Help us, O oh God, for our need is great. Our influence, O oh God, appears to be weak, and yet one touch of your hand, one breath of your mouth, Oh God, 
can exalt the righteousness of Christ in this nation again. We ask you to bless this country. Bless this nation. Bless its people. Bless them, O God. Father, save the United States of America. Do not let this nation go down the path of so many others. Don't let this nation become a byword, an example. Let a Josiah generation, let a Hezekiah generation be born, O God, to restore the glory of God in this nation. Save the USA, O God. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. This has been a production of the Lighthouse Church of God. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed. You are welcome to join us for service every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and on Wednesdays at 7.45 p.m. For more information or to support our ministry, visit our website at www.lhcogfl.org. Or if you're in the Broward County area, we would love for you to visit our church located at 1890 Southwest 31st Avenue, Fort Lauderdale, Florida 33312. God bless you. Until next time, this is the Lighthouse Church of God, lighting the way through the storms of life.